Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Friday, October 28th, and trending this hour, Vin Diesel. He has become the latest celebrity to fall into a meme trend. Someone posted a picture of him in a 3D rendered version. I saw one recently of Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Also trending, retirement. More than 55% of workers say they feel they're behind on their retirement savings. This is from a new survey from bankrate.com. Why are they behind on their retirement? High inflation. And finally trending, Tom Brady and Giselle. NBC is reporting that Giselle gave Tom an ultimatum and said, retire or she's gone for good. It is seven minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And let's talk about Elon Musk. He's now in charge of Twitter. Yes. So the big news, the I mean, everybody knew it was going to happen, but mm-hmm. it finally did. Last night, Elon Musk now officially owns Twitter. And the first thing he did was get rid of the CEO mm-hmm. and the CEO. F-O. Yeah. And so I think if we had any doubt as to the direction Twitter is going to take, I think that should be your clue. Now, I was thinking about this as I was rolling in. By the way, we want to preface today's show. I put it together about 21 minutes ago. (laughs) And that's when I woke up. (laughs) Casey, Casey, I found her in the parking garage, hunched over her bicycle. Uh, Casey, you've got to get up. We have a show to do. Okay. Um, So uh, We're a little tired this morning. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so we'll get to it with WIBC here in just a minute. But um, I was thinking about this as I was walking into work today. Yeah. That the social media platform Mm -hmm. is sort of like your eating options. Now, just bear with me for a minute on this, because this could either be the greatest take I've ever had or the absolute worst take. So you think about, like, Twitter thus far has kind of been like an upscale restaurant in the sense of it has been run by really uppity, elitist people Mm -hmm. who have a very clear vision Mm -hmm. of what it should be and who should be in it it Mm, right yeah yeah. like remember in the blues brothers wrong glass sir like they don't want those sort of people in there if you can pay the tab we'll let you in but there are all sorts of rules and regulations and whatever now elon musk has bought twitter and it's going to be like in caddyshack when rodney dangerfield says the only reason i am here is maybe i'll buy the dump Mm. And so what I think you're going to see now is all sorts of new people who normally didn't eat at the fancy restaurant or didn't play at the golf course are going to now sample the restaurant or going to be allowed to are going to be more welcomed in sampling the restaurant or playing the golf course. Now, just like at any restaurant, there are still rules and regulations like you can't even at a Wendy's, go up to the person next to you and start drinking out of their glass. <laughs> but a different sort of person Gross. eats at a Wendy's mm-hmm. than eats at a, you know, say a, a you know, a St. Elmo's. 
But now the Wendy's guy is going to be at the, at the, we're all going to be the Wendy's guy, the St. Elmo's guy. We're all going to be in the same restaurant together. There's still health code rules and regulations. So it's not going to be the Wild West that everybody thinks it's going to be because he needs to make money off of this. And clearly advertisers are not going to associate with that. So it won't be that, but it will be more welcoming. And it's already been basically said that the banned accounts like Trump, and Babylon B and whatever are going to be coming back because he needs as many people as possible because he is so leveraged on this purchase. Does, does all of that make sense? It totally makes sense. And I was thinking the same thing. It's going to be really interesting to see what type of content will be allowed in the future that hasn't been allowed in the past. And will Trump be unbanned? Probably. Content moderation. It's not easy because everybody has an opinion. And if he can pull off a turnaround at Twitter, we could possibly call him one of the greatest businessmen in human civilization. Well, yeah, and that's a great point. We're going to find out what sort of businessman he actually is because Elon Musk up to this point has been a phenomenal ideas man who has also been great at extracting money from the government, Mm. right? I mean, Tesla was built on government subsidies. Right. Look what he's been able to accomplish with PayPal and SpaceX and Tesla. And and, and the government very clearly. And in fact, you know, some people may still think that Biden is going to try to do something to prevent or stymie or whatever. I don't know. But the government's not going to be helping Elon Musk with Twitter. So we'll see. The number one, and and I, I wholeheartedly agree, he's going to unban Trump because he needs eyeballs. He needs attention. And what is going to get more eyeballs and attention than if Donald Trump pops up back on the Twitter box? Yeah. And so he's going to do those sort of things because it's a numbers game. Now, this idea, this shouldn't really be that hard. We have a platform. The premise of the platform is to people for people to put their thoughts, views, opinions, whatever. We should be able to do that with while also saying you can't threaten to kill anybody, Mm -hmm. you can't slander someone, you can't libel someone, you know, whatever. This should not actually be that hard. They make it out like he can't do both things. I think he can. Now, again, whether he can actually make money off of this, I don't know. I would guess in the mind of Elon Musk, if he can pay his creditors, even if he's not making money on it, it will be worth it in terms of the free, the earned media he will receive continually over this. And if he can save this platform, mm-hmm. that will be a worth whatever money he loses because he will make it back in other things. If he can take the most underperforming social media platform and turn it around, this guy can do anything. Look what he did with Tesla. Yeah. Building a car company from scratch to compete with the big three. It's one of the biggest challenges in the history of business. Thousands have tried and failed. So the fact that he is making a run with Tesla, it's really quite an accomplishment. And the technology in the car, it's impressive. You rode around in one. You were impressed. Oh, it's great. No matter how you feel about electric vehicles, he's making it work. So if he makes Twitter work and he's able to pay the bank debt, the note... I would think that you would consider that a success because he's going up against Facebook. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's do this. 
Casey put me in charge of the show today. Yeah. Where are we going now? Well, so I'd like to take a break. (laughs) Okay. When we come back, I'd like to talk about a night with WIBC because there was an interesting topic and theme that kept coming up Mm -hmm. that two or three years ago would have never even got a mention at an event like this, and it was the predominant point of conversation throughout much of the evening. Yeah. All right. We'll get to it next from 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good morning. It is 19 minutes after nine. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So we had a little shindig last night. Yeah. A night with WIBC. It was so great to meet everybody. Drake and Courtney and Rose and, and Jenny and, and Tony Katz was there. I got to meet him as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so a couple things. One, we want to thank Relay Indiana mm-hmm. who sponsored the event. Thank you uh, to them. Jenny and her husband Rick. Jenny's with Relay Indiana. Drove mm-hmm. 12 hours. Yeah. from Florida to get back in time for the event. They are awesome, Mm -hmm. uh, and they have been such big supporters of this radio station over the years, so thank you to them. Uh, Obviously, second, thank you to everyone who came out. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. The place was packed. We basically sold double the amount of tickets that we had the year before. We had to get a much bigger venue. I think we could have probably sold double those tickets. Uh, You, our listeners, whether you came last night or not, are the best, most amazing people. Mm -hmm. And last night really is, was about us, the air staff, being able to say thank you to you Mm -hmm. for what you do each day for us, which is not just listen, but you make us a part of your lives. You write, you correspond, you you watch us on YouTube, you listen on the radio. Even those of you who hate my guts, your listening all counts the same towards my bonus. So we love you all. And so that's really what that that night is about, is tr- to try to say thank you to all the amazing people. And it was great to meet so many of mm-hmm. you. I thought it was interesting. I, now, I have done three of these now. Yeah. And the over, I was so pleasantly surprised at one overarching theme, like from the meet and greet mm-hmm. till the very last thing we did on stage together as a collective group, yeah. which was how many people are now vocally and openly saying they are disappointed, not just in the Republican Party's mm-hmm. inability to live up to the promises that they have made, not just here in the state of Indiana, but across this nation, but also the disappointment in the candidates that Republicans are choosing to run in this state in key races. And I say this as someone who, you know, obviously when I started here, I was a fill-in guy and then I had a weekend show. And I was talking about the same things five and a half, almost six years ago that I was talking about now. And people thought I was like, on Mars mm-hmm. when I was saying these things. You were out there on your own. But when, you know, because we were talking at the time about the gas tax. That is when they first raised the gas tax and, and did the 48 other tax increases that, that first year that, that uh, Holcomb took office. And people were like, dude, it's not that bad. You got to let it go. And I said, you don't understand. They're opening the door for all of these other things. Now, nobody could have seen COVID or whatever, but it was obvious what was happening. And people were like, dude, Rob, you got to let it go, man. You're just, you're out in, you know, you're out in left field on this. And now overwhelmingly the Mm -hmm. people in that room Mm -hmm. are coming up to us are saying to us and i can't tell you the amount of people who said it is because of you guys 
I have seen things differently. Mm-hmm. I have already cast my vote for Jeff Moore. I'm going to cast my vote for Jeff Moore, whatever. And it's not about Jeff Moore, the libertarians, or in this sense. It's about you thinking for yourself and the amount of people. And if the people are saying it in that room, it tells me it is also happening more and more at home at people who aren't there, the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who listen every day who were not there. And that was a big point of conversation throughout the evening, Mm -hmm. which was that the Republicans are not living up to their end of the bargain with people. The, The promises that they make when they run for public office and people are sick of it and they are more and more likely especially in that secretary of state's race because people understand the implication of it with the ballot access going to do something about it well we've heard the question a lot are you better now than you were two years ago right and it's really starting to hit home with a lot of people as everyone is waking up and starting to question and that's not a bad thing are your elected officials representing your needs and wants? Because that's what they're supposed to do. That's why you are voting for them, to represent you. Now that we're questioning it, what do we do about it? Well, and so, this, and I said this last night when we had our little, it's not a round table because we were all sitting next to each other, but at the end, and in fact, that's what we kind of went out with. I say this all the time and people don't, I don't know, they don't understand it, they don't hear it, don't whatever. I'm I'm not a libertarian. <laughs> like I have been labeled- Well, everybody a, comes to you as sure. you're the expert. I, I, I am a, just a guy who floats in the ether. I am a guy looking for good government. I want at my core for the Republican Party to succeed. I would love nothing more than the Republicans to run a a slate of candidates in this state that are competent, Mm -hmm. that are reliably conservative, Mm -hmm. and do what they say. If they would do that, I would vote. I would. I wouldn't straight ticket vote because we work through our ballots. Watch yourself. You almost said it. But I would. I would vote for every single Republican who does that every Mm -hmm. single time. Mm -hmm. It's like the state treasurer is a guy named Daniel Elliott. He's a reliable, competent conservative. We don't say a thing bad about him because he's the sort of guy that Republicans should be running. But I'm not going to eat crap and like it when Republicans pick people who are utter buffoons, like a Diego Morales, or some guy who is a gaslighting, lying hypocrite. Mm -hmm. Caught myself there. Like Todd Young, I'm not going to eat it. I'm not going to say it's okay. And there is a third option. And the third option, especially in the Secretary of State's race, is markedly better. So it was so refreshing for me last night, not because I'm cheerleading for libertarians to sweep up and down the ballot, but it was refreshing to me because people are thinking for themselves and people thinking for themselves and challenging Republicans either in the primary, which is very important, or the general election and holding them accountable is the best way to get better government. And that for me is what this show is all about is creating an environment in which we get people thinking for themselves, thinking outside the box, putting their pre previous preconceived notions aside and demanding that politicians do what they said they're going to do. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And you mentioned buffoons. It's not just on the Republican side, though. No, totally. Both major parties 
are putting forth people that they should not. We we did a segment yesterday on Tom McDermott, who is the Democrat nominee for U.S. Senate, and how he is the mayor of Hammond, according to Indianapolis Star, mm-hmm. has a, po- a for-profit podcast in which he's selling advertising to people who are doing business with the city of Hammond. Mm-hmm. He's making money running a business despite having a full-time job as a mayor in which the money in that business in some shape, form, or fashion depends on people who have contracts with the city. And he doesn't feel bad at all about it. And then the thing came out that his wife, when she was running for judge, Mm -hmm. is paying like three times what they list the rate as. And then he comes out and goes, yeah, I'm going to do that if I'm a senator. Well, Tom McDermott has as much chance of being a senator as I do, which is zero. But the idea that they don't, these people don't care, they don't fear you, and this is what we keep telling you. It's not a Democrat or Republican thing. It is a collective, inherent, entrenched establishment, mm-hmm. uh, elected official thing. Tom McDermott doesn't fear you because he thinks he's going to get away with it. Mm-hmm. Well, they both do. Todd Young doesn't fear lying to you and gaslighting you about inflation and his role in spending because he thinks he'll get away with it, and but he's going to. You know what? It's starting from the top down. From the president gaslighting us about gas prices, and he's doing it again. And we're, we're we've got to get to a break. We've got to get to the news because Kirk Darling is standing by, ready to go. But Biden again came out with another whopper of a lie, and now Democrats are sending out Obama. So it's happening on both sides, and we're going to get to that coming up from ninety three WIBC. Now in the street there is violence, and I'm allowed to solve the world. So President Biden is going to vote early. He's heading back to Delaware. Of course he is. He's got to get out of D.C. What would he be doing in Washington, D.C.? It's time to go on vacation again. What what are the odds Biden can actually make it through his ballot without help from an an election clerk? He was recently talking about gas prices, and the average gas price right now in Indiana is $3.84. You know how I know that, Casey? How? Because uh, that staged photo that our senator put out the other day where he's at the gas pump without a car. Without a car. The, the price of gas was there in the He's about to background. wrangle that pump, wasn't he? Ah! Because inflation is driving up gas prices. Uh, so this is the thing with Biden, and I think it just infuriates people more and more by the day, is that he just... It's one thing to lie about your grandfather being an incredible football player. I, it's also another thing to lie about how many times you rode the Amtrak train because that doesn't directly harm anybody. But when you look them in the eye and you lie to them about something that is harming their existence and they know to be real because they buy the thing every single day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as you mentioned before we, we went to break, this is a whopper of a lie and it's one that is just so out there. And again, it's not even as it was disprovable that his grandfather was not a great football player, or mm-hmm. there's no proof that he was at least, or no mention that he was in the history of ever. Biden tried to make the case yesterday that gas is. He tried. He, well, he claimed gas. I can't even get it out. I can't even get it out. Gas was over five dollars yes, when he, he took office. He tried to say gas was super expensive when he took office, mm-hmm. and it is cheaper today. Go. <laughs> Today, the most common price of gas in America is $3.39, down from over $5 when I took office. <laughs> when, he, when he what? took office, gas was, what, two forty? Yes, gas was super cheap. 
when Biden took office. And it's so blatant. And it, this this is what infuriates people because they know. All right, more lying. You ready for more? Mm-hmm. All right. So we all I think we could all accept, those of us with the firing synapse in our brain and, and uh, those of us who could pass a lie detector, that Biden destroyed the economy. We can all agree on that, right? I mean, the economy's been complete crap the entire time Biden has been the president. Right. But, but did you know... Now, Casey, it's not so bad <laughs> because, Casey, what? sure, things are markedly more expensive and you can't find things. And mm-hmm. I mean, the shelves are bare. Interest rates are, you know, going up, 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 up. But Saving did you, for a house but, and, and, and can't do it now because mortgage rates are higher than they've been in 40 years. But, Casey. What? According to the it's president, all it's all fine because okay. now you don't get charged for overdrafting your checks. And it's still in a, a place where it's leveling out in a ra- rational means. The other thing is that I think you're going to see that people are looking to uh, say, wow, the price not only gas is down, but the price of I'm not getting charged for overdrafting my checks. Okay, two questions. Uh-huh. When did that stop? I thought each bank had the right to make their own policy. I know people who have recently... And charge what they want for overdrafts. Yeah, I mean, did that... Like, was there a law that just went into effect that I missed? Because I know the bank does not let you take out more money without a penalty. Mm-hmm. So maybe I missed that somewhere. Mm-hmm. But two, other than me, <laughs> who 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 are these people that are still writing checks? Like, I, I would guess... Two percent of the population on a somewhat regular basis still writes checks. I do still have the checkbook. Do you? And I thought I was going to have to write a check recently because the property tax bill came in. Oh, and I yeah. had to make sure that I filed for the homestead exemption. Yeah, all of that. Sure. But then I noticed when it came that they did have a thing on top that you can go online and do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did instead yeah. of writing that check. I just did it online, and that's what. I think a majority of people are doing these days, except for you, Rob. Yes, I. So, but, but, but is this part of his junk fees that he's been talking about lately? Well, you don't. But you you don't know with him. This is the point. Like it is a it is a when Biden gives a speech now, mm-hmm. it is a mixture of blatant, easily disprovable lies, or nonsensical gobbledygook. That you and I have to spend five minutes talking to each other about what... What did he mean? What in the world well, okay, was let's, he trying to say? Let's decipher what he was trying to say. And this is from the President of the United States. Like, the best... These are our two options. Either blatant lies that are easily disprovable, mm-hmm. or what in the world did he say? And this is coming from the President of the United States. Yeah, and that, well, and this is why a lot of candidates that are running now don't want him coming around for their campaign. They're asking now Obama to come out and speak for him instead of Biden. And this is why. And and is this the best we can do? Yes, yes, it is, Casey. All right, coming up, we're going to talk with Donald Rainwater. He's going to join us, and we're going to talk about why so many people are still afraid of that third party. It's on the way with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.
Casey. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. You know, it was interesting, Casey, last night at a night with WIBC, and we mm-hmm. talked about this earlier, one of the overarching themes of the evening yeah. is how disappointed mm-hmm. people are in the Republican Party, mm-hmm. but yet so many people are not willing or ready yet to pull the trigger on a third party. On a third party, yes. It is a struggle for a lot of people to wrap their brain around this because they feel they're not getting served and represented correctly with the Republican Party, yet they're afraid to vote for a libertarian because that might split the ticket and just elevate the Democrat Party. Yeah, and so at a little range yesterday, I came a little unhinged at one point. Surprise, and surprise. And I, I was uh, coming unhinged over this. Just, look, you get the government you deserve, and you're going to keep getting the crappy government you don't like unless you do something about it. Our old pal, the most successful third-party candidate in Indiana state history, mm-hmm. uh, 345,000 votes, in fact. Donald Rainwater was frantically texting me, saying, I have so much to say about this. Good. So let's, yeah, yeah. we don't want to talk today. We've talked enough here the past two days. Uh, let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline. Rainwater, 345,000 votes. That was very impressive, but I feel like there were double that out there who were open to pulling the lever for you and just didn't at the end. Do you agree? Oh, I believe that is absolutely true. And and good morning, Rob, and and good morning, Casey. Uh, Thank you for having me on. I I think you're uh, both spot on. I was listening yesterday, uh, Rob, when you uh, Uh, started ranting and i think both of you made some great uh some great points uh, about why people are um while they're they're starting to look for something better than what the uh uh, two old parties uh are offering uh they're they're not really ready yet and and i think you're right and i think a lot of that has to do with the ability of candidates to get their message out. Well, okay, so Donald Rainwater is our our guest, and it's interesting, Don, because, like I said, last night there was so much talk. I mean, I'm not just talking, like, at the night with WIBC. I'm talking about the meet and greet before. So many people now are talking about libertarians. People come up saying voting for, you know, Jeff Moore, or, or, you know, I'm open to this. Nobody was talking about libertarians in this state three or four years ago, but yet it still doesn't seem like libertarians are able to, on a grand scale, close the deal. You did better than anybody else, what else can libertarians or any third party, for that matter, do to get their candidates across the finish line? Well, Rob, I'm glad you asked. That's what I do. Because I, I <laughs> yeah, I think there are, I think there are, are several things that uh, uh, we need to realize. First of all, I think it's important that, that voters know that Uh, whether you're a a libertarian candidate or another third party or an independent candidate, uh, the Republicans and Democrats have control of the the legislative process and have created laws that give them uh, an advantage in getting on the ballot in uh, just about every way. And the mainstream media uh, has done a tremendous job in collaborating with these two old parties, uh, as we see with Fox 59 leaving James Siniak off of their uh, U.S. Senate coverage, mm-hmm. uh, in, in really trying to keep that advantage for those two old parties. So we have an uphill battle. It's going to take a lot of work. 
in order to uh, get uh, over these obstacles that are created uh, legislatively. Yeah, yeah real, real, real quick, and I know Casey wants to pop in here, but I just want to clarify what Don was talking about. So Fox 59 has this forum for the U.S. Senate candidates, and James Siniak's on the ballot. He'll probably get over 100,000 votes, uh, and yet they exclude him mm-hmm. from the forum. He's not even invited to be in the forum, and that's what Don's talking about when they just basically act like you don't exist. Casey, go ahead. So, Donald, my question is, you said is they haven't gotten on the ballot. Do you think that it it really is that their name's not on the ballot. I mean, obviously, it needs to be on the ballot so people can vote for them. But is it getting on the ballot or is it the money needed to get their name recognition out there so that people are oh. aware of the candidate? Casey, bless you. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. That is the <laughs> most important. To me, that's the most important piece uh, of this puzzle is that. Uh, when when you are a candidate and you want to get your message out and the mainstream media isn't going to include you, the only option you have is to run advertising. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you can't raise the same amount of money right. as someone who is selling themselves to the highest bidder, in order to allow whoever donates to their campaign uh, to turn around and tell them how to govern when they get elected, uh, it makes it really tough. And people don't realize, libertarian candidates, for example, uh, Casey, I think you mentioned James Siniak yesterday, Mm -hmm. and the fact that he only has a few thousand dollars on hand, Mm -hmm. that's because he doesn't, uh, you know, nobody's walking up to the libertarian and saying, Uh, We're going to help you get elected because we know that you'll do what we want you to do Mm -hmm. because libertarians are individual citizen focused candidates. We want to do what's right for individual rights. We don't want to manipulate government uh, to the benefit of a corporate or special interest. Yeah, Don, there's a, a. yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, Don, Donald Rainwater is our guest. He was the 2020 Libertarian nominee for governor. I, and I think people make a huge misnomer, Don. Maybe you can speak to this. because and, and our dear friend of the show, Micah Beckwith, and I going back back and forth with, with this. He goes, well, we'll just get him in the primary the next time if, if you don't like you know the sort of Republicans that are being nominated. And my point to that is, look at what the Republicans have done. Uh, unless you're Todd Young... You have to get the 500 signatures in every congressional district to get on the ballot, which is an, a daunting task. It's you know well over $100,000 probably to pull that off. So unless you're a sitting congressman or infinitely wealthy like Mike Braun, you're probably not going to be able to do it. Or look at what they did to John Jacob and Kurt Nicely, in which they spend collectively a million dollars to vanquish those guys in a primary. If you want to hold Republicans accountable, the best thing, if you're tired of the Republicans and the way they've behaved, is to have a strong libertarian party to support those candidates. Well, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and I'll take that a step further, Rob, and tell you that what most people don't know is that the Indiana Election Commission is designed to be the uh, method whereby the Republicans and the Democrats can uh, eliminate competition on their own ballot. I've had people for the last two years tell me, if you would just run as a Republican, you would win. (laughs) Hmm. And I have to turn around and tell them the Republicans would never allow me on their ballot. Now, why is that? They would go because because they don't agree with my 
my philosophies. Okay. They don't want smaller government. They don't want to protect people's individual rights. The Republican Party is focused on uh, doing what they need to do to make corporations happy. You know, look at look at Governor Holcomb. We, we have a man who is bringing corporations in uh, from all over the world to compete in a labor market with Indiana small business owners. It wasn't bad enough that he closed down small businesses during the pandemic. He has to continually bring in large corporate competition because these are the people that donate all the money that he needs to go run for U.S. Senate. Hey, hey, Don. So, the, the, and I think what you're talking about, and I want to clarify for people: when you're talking about running and being able to keep people from running, the the Republicans and Democrats now have the ability that unless you have voted in the last two Republican or Democrat primaries, they can kick you off the ballot. They can say if someone challenges, they have written the law to say so. For the last basically four years or whatever, you have not voted in a Republican primary consistently. You can't even run for public office. I mean, you're basically libertarians become the only choice because they've rigged the system. Right, and and not just not just the last two years voting in the primary, Rob. Look what they did to uh, Danny Niederberger. Yeah, he, he had the signatures. He was a few short. Todd Young was a few short, and they found in their good graces to let him run anyway. <laughs> Niederberger is a few short and was kind of mistreated, in my opinion, uh, by a county election office. And uh, they, it's anything they can find to keep people who are not in line with their philosophies off their ballot. They don't want voters to have a choice. They want to give voters what they want them to vote for. Uh, Real quick, before we let you go, uh, and we don't feel like talking today because we talked all night last night, so the floor is yours, Don. Again, and I I, I see this more and more from people that I don't think are going to, they're going to vote out of fear in the U.S. Senate race, but I think they're very open to the third party and Jeff Moore, the libertarian, in the Secretary of State's race. I don't see the fear as much there, and that is the most important race on the ballot this year. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to a minute. Make the case on why voting Libertarian in the Secretary of State's race is so important? Well, I think the main reason is, again, the ability to have a level playing field and maximizing the the individual citizen's choice, the options. You know, when, when you only have A or B and they both make you very uncomfortable, the idea of voting for the lesser of two evils is just not good, rational, logical thought. You need to figure out how to create a playing field where you have multiple options, where you have a better opportunity to find someone that meets your standards so that when you vote, you can feel good about it and and not have to feel like you have to go home and take a shower after you leave the ballot box. <laughs> Uh, Donald Rainwater, the 2020 Libertarian nominee for governor. Thank you, my friend. Uh, We appreciate you, and have a great weekend. Thank you. You guys as well. Have a great day. 93 WIBC. It's Kendall and Casey Show.